You're listening to a podcast from Victory. A relationship with Jesus promises grace and rest. Dig deeper into this truth in week three of our series, Beyond the Science. John 5 verse 1, it says here, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, just to give you a context or a background about Jerusalem, Jerusalem, during their time, is the center of the religion, of the Jewish religion. It's the center. Ibig sabihin, madami taong pumupunta dito, and at the same time, they don't just go there, they're also very religious. I'm going to get back to that. Not only that, it's also very populated. Very urbanized. Kumbaga sa modern day time, malamang isa to sa mga um, very po- uh, uh, cities that has lots of population. And not only that, it's also a center of uh, political uh, turmoil. Okay, there are a lot of politics involved in this place. And that is Jerusalem. It's a house of uh, lots of people, very populated, political backgrounds, and at the same time, very religious. The Sadducees, Pharisees are all in this place. In fact, if we think as Filipinos, religious na tayo, I'm telling you, the people in Jerusalem are more religious than ours. Okay, than us. They are so strict that they really adhere to the Ten Commandments. That they believe that if they break, if, you, if any one of us breaks the Ten Commandments, we deserve to die. Guna sila ka religious ka strict. Okay? They really adhere to that. And not only that, because they are so strict with the commandments, they also made another set of man-made commandments so that they won't break the Ten Commandments. Okay, not only that, they adhere to the 613 laws and rules in the Old Testament. Sobrang religious sila. Now, going back to that, reli- that, that law that they made, para maiwasan nila ma-break yung Ten Commandments, that law, or that man-made law, is called the Halaka. Hindi po to joke. Totoo po talaga. Ang pangalan ng ano, ang pangalan ng man-made law that the Jews did is Halaka. Which... Actually, ibig sabihin yan in Jewish is the way you walk, okay? So, they made a law, a man-made law for the people to avoid breaking the Ten Commandments. Naglagay pa sila ng isang law and they call that halaka. And under the halaka, talks about the Sabbath or Shabbat, okay? Which is the rest day. Wherein, under that, are 39 things that you cannot do on a Sabbath. Example, one of them, you cannot tie, bawal magtali, on a Sabbath. Because for them, the halaka considers it as a law. And if you break that, halaka. Okay? Imagine that. Kung babae ka, bawal ka magtali ng buhok. Oh. Bawal din magluto on a Sabbath, on a rest day. And another thing that's prohibited to do on a Sabbath, on a rest day, because they're very religious, is to carry something. So, pag binuhat mo isang bagay, and you brought it somewhere else, lagot ka, halaka. Imagine that's hard if we do that right now. Nalaglag yung cellphone mo. Di mo na mapulot. Matagal naman. Go but me. <laughs> and this is the background. Jesus was going to Jerusalem, a place of a very religious people. Not only that, verse 2, it says there, Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and 
paralyzed. So there's a place there called Bethesda, which means the house of mercy, wherein there are lots of sick people, invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed, who gather around Bethesda. Not only are the people in Jerusalem very religious, they are also very superstitious. What's the background here? People believe during their time na yung water, the water in the pool in Bethesda, can heal people. It has been said that an angel comes down there and stirs the water. At kung sinong unang papasok sa tubig na yon will be healed. That's why, can you imagine, there are lots of people, sick people around that, and when the pool gets stirred, para silang hunger games, ah, yung pilay biglang tatakbo, ah, para gumaling. And they, they thought like that. They're very superstitious. So that's the background. Religious, superstitious. Okay? This is a picture of uh, modern-day Bethesda. I'm showing this to you because the Bible is real. Okay? It really did happen. It has a historical basis. So imagine this. They gathered together in Bethesda. Let's go to the next verse. John 5, verses 5 to 6. It says here, One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Imagine that. Being sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Jesus saw the man and he knew the man even though they really didn't talk yet. And for some of us here, you may be feeling no one understands you. No one sees what you're doing. No one sees the background or your situation. No one knows what you're going through. I'm here to tell you this. Jesus sees you. Jesus knows exactly your condition. That's what we see here. Jesus saw him and knew him. Now here is something weird. Jesus went to this man and asked do you want to be healed? That's weird. Parang, Lord, hindi pa ba obvious? This man's sick. And then you ask, you ask the person, do you want to be healed? And it's like in our modern day time, I don't know if you've experienced this, may binuhat kang something na mabigat, yung paris na paris ka. And then, darating yung anak mo, katrabaho mo, oh, pre, mabigat? <laughs> Parang, hindi, hindi. <laughs> And that's exactly what's happening here. Isn't it obvious yet, Lord? This man needs to be healed. But you know what we could see here? The reason why Jesus asked the man, even though he already knew and saw the situation, is this. Jesus wants to start a conversation. Because the God that we worship wants to initiate a relationship. Even though God knows already what we're going through, and He sees every detail of our lives, God wants to initiate the relationship. Kamusta? Anong, what, what are you praying for? What could I do for you? Do you want to be healed? That's what Jesus said. If Jesus asked a weird question, here's something funny. The invalid man gave a weird answer. It says in the next verse, verse 7, the sick man answered, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. 
Well, while, while I am going, another steps down before me. Imagine that. Do you want to be healed? Ang sagot lang dyan, yes. But look at that, what the man answered. Sir, eh, I can't get healed. I was, I'm trying to go there. Someone steps in hard. So, what, what do I mean by this? Here's the thing. What this line shows is a man who has lost his hope. A man who has already experienced, imagine, 38 years. Most probably, this man is not only having a sense of hopelessness, he feels frustrated. He's trying to go there, he doesn't make it. He feels alone, no one is there to help me thou. He feels tired, imagine for 38 years, he feels weak, no one understands his situation. Madaling sabihin sa iyan, Jesus, you're standing up, you're okay, I'm not sad. And maybe for some of us here, that's exactly what you're feeling now. You've been doing everything. You've been trying to do your best in your family, in your work, in your friendships, in your finances. But it feels like no one understands you. You open up to your spouse. You open up to your friends. You open up to your even victory group leader. And it seems like no one understands and empathizes with you. You feel tired and restless and weak and depressed. And these situations are sad. But you know what? There's something worse. It's bad enough that you have this. You know what's worse? You embrace it. It's bad enough that the man has been is sick and invalid. You know what's bad? He embraced it. Naganito na talaga eh. For 38 years. For some of us, you may be going through something like this, or even worse, for X number of years. Not yet a Christian going through this. A Christian already plastering it with band-aids. Turning to drugs, relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, finances. So that the wound in our hearts will be healed by band-aid. This is sad. I know it looks but as a campus missionary, I've already talked to some students. When I ask them, hey, you know what? You want to be used by God mightily? Do you want to be used by God to really impact your fa- family? Naniniwala ka ba doon? And I've already talked to some students say, Coach, malabo eh. Mahirap kasi kami. Hindi ko nga alam kung ako magka-college eh. And you could already feel the sense of hopelessness there. This is what the invalid man was feeling and undergoing to. And maybe for some of us, this is what we're going through right now. Embracing it already. Wala na, ganito na talaga. And here's something amazing. Next verse. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. Very powerful. Jesus healed the man not with what the man can offer to him. Wala siyang ma-offer eh. He's sick. He doesn't even answer the question if he wants to be healed. But you know what Jesus did? He healed him, blessed him, encountered him. Anyway, what does this say about our God? Our God is gracious. We don't deserve anything. And none of what we have right now our good works, our religiosity, our finances, our achievements, none of that has any sense or value in front 
of a glorious God. What more this man? He doesn't have anything to offer. But look at how God moved. He healed the man. God moves powerfully and He uses the faith of people. Yes, that's true. But more than the faith is the object of our faith. The heart, the nature of God. That's the reason why He healed this man. In the house of Bethesda, which means the house of mercy. Amazing. What's even amazing is this. The power to be healed does not rest on us. It rests on Him. I'm amazed by the story of uh, one of our campus missionaries who just did this la- uh, this week. Uh, Kat, along with Jai and Donna, our victory group leaders here, along with some victory group leaders from UERM, went to a hospital, of course with consent and approval. They went around the wards and started praying for some of the patients there, preaching the gospel. Now, a lot of them... Uh, just came from a surgery. So their pain uh, level was very high. It's usually measured by 1 to 10. So yung minsan yung mga pain nung mga nasa, uh, nung mga pinag-pray nila, mga nasa 8. I'm telling you, 8 is not like pag nakanto ka lang sa pinto, no? Ano yung sakit? No, that's not 8, okay? 8 is very painful. What's amazing is this. These students, these people went around praying, commanding in the name of Jesus. And what's amazing is, there's this one girl, pinag-pray nila, an 8 out of 10 pain scale, immediately at that moment, went down to zero. She was so shocked. And then preached the gospel to that person. Another one, uh, umuubo siya, I think he, uh, she has pneumonia. And then afterwards, when, when one of the students prayed, the patient said, parang may mainit daw na, na sa likod niya. And she didn't cough for the whole time that they were preaching the gospel to her. It's amazing. Even for me personally, while I was preparing this message, my wife got sick last Tuesday. Nagsisimula na siyang magkaroon ng lagnat. I checked her temperature, 37.9. Low-grade fever, CNAT. So I was just about to say, O oh, sige, kukuha na kitang biogesic. Ingat. Okay, so, but the Holy Spirit said to me, Hey, you're preaching about this. O nga, no? O sige. So habang hawak-hawak ko pa yung thermometer, I just... I prayed, in Jesus' name, fever be gone. As the husband, the authority over my wife, I command you, fever be gone. Okay, so about three, four times of that, wala pang five minutes, sabi ko, sige nga, check natin. So, 37.9, kaka-check ko lang, minalik ko. 37.3 went down to normal. The power of God. And you know what? We could end right now here. Saying that God is able to turn around your situation. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, no matter your background, no matter who hurt you, what matters is who will heal you. What matters is who will encounter you. Our God is a turnaround God. And we could end the preaching right now. I ask you all to stand up and sing and we could move on. But here's where the story gets even more exciting. Verse 9 says, Now that day was... The Sabbath. So what's up with that? Remember my, the background? What? Very religious. Very superstitious. What did Jesus ask the man to do? Get up. Pick up your mat. And walk. Halaka. Lord. Lagot. Look at this. That is why verse 10, it says here, So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, Oh, it is the Sabbath. 
Sabata, it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But the invalid man, but he said, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. Sinusod ko na naman yung sinabi nung heal sa akin eh. Malay ko bang gumaling ako? Okay? Then they asked, who is this man? Who said, take up your bed and walk. Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. What does this show us? The religious people were so angry and mad with Jesus because he broke the halaka, the man-made laws and traditions. If you look at it, Jesus really didn't break any God's law. What he broke was the religiosity. Jesus was making a statement. It's not religion who would save you. It's not your superstition. It's not your religiosity. It's me. Jesus saves. Now the, sh- the story shifts from healing to Sabbath. And what is Sabbath? We know this already. It's a time for us to rest. Because God rested. Not because He needs to. But He, co- he wants to stop, pause, and reflect and enjoy His creation. And in the same way, for some of us, in fact, I believe all of us here, that's what we need. We need Sabbath, a time for us to rest, enjoy, and focus on God. Who among here you want Sabbath? Okay? You want a rest day, okay? a time to rest, focus, and enjoy God. And that's God's heart dito. Okay? <laughs> and that's God's heart for us. God wants us to rest and enjoy and focus on Him. In fact, some practical things. You should physically rest, sleep, wag mo nang manood ng marathon ng K-drama, okay? <laughs> Sakana na yan, okay? Siri, mamaya na series. Rest, physically, eat right, exercise, rest, physically. Leisure, go ahead. If you wanna watch, there's a time for that. Okay, do, do the hobby, read a book, whatever it is. Play, play uh, sports. Reconnect with key relationships. For the longest time, we've been too busy at work, we, we, we don't have that much face time with our family. On a rest day, that's your day. Reconnect with your friends, with your families, with your victory group leader, with your victory group member. Spiritual rest also applies. Meaning, I hope we use the time, especially when it's a rest day, not just to flippantly read Facebook, but rather read, meditate, and worship God through His Word. Worship. Take this Answer the purple book, whatever it is. And it's amazing. We all need that so that we could be recharged and re-energized. God wants us also to experience the rest. That's where the healing also comes. When we learn to say, Lord, I trust you. Dami pang kailangan gawin sa office. Dami pang kailangan imit na project or deadline. But I'm choosing to say, Lord, I'm stopping and silencing my soul so that I could rest in your presence. And again, for some of us here, maybe Saturday, Sunday is not your day off. It really doesn't matter what day. What matters is who we worship on that day. Rest. Going back. Afterwards, verse 14 to 15. Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. The reason why Jesus said, go and sin no more is this. You receive your answered prayer. Now don't waste your life doing something else. Sin no more. 
For some of us, God answered already our prayers. I hope we don't use that as an excuse to continue in our lifestyle of sin. But rather, we could say, Lord, you healed me wholly, completely. Therefore, I will live a holy, set-apart life. Now, this was the reason, though, why the religious people were so angry. Not the healing. You know what's sad also? They were religious, but they failed to see the healing that happened. And that's what religion does. It blinds us of what God was doing around us. So the Pharisees, the religious people said, Jesus, you broke the law. You broke the halakha. Look at what Jesus said. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. What does this show us? What this shows us is this. All the things that's happening, the religiosity, the, pers- the superstition, the darkness, the depression, the hopelessness, the pain, the feeling of being alone, the feeling that no one understands you. In the midst of all that, the restlessness, in the midst of all that, Jesus is saying, God is at work. And I'm here to tell you this as well. God is at work in your life, and in my life too. That is the power of this story. The reason why there's this sign to point us, you could rest because God is at work. Religiosity, sadness, blindness, hopelessness, means that sometimes stops us from seeing how God works in our lives. My prayer is, that the Holy Spirit would open our eyes so that we could see the work of God in our lives. Next verse, verse 18. This was why the Jesus were killing, were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he healing, the, he, breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. The implication of Jesus' statement is this. Sinasabi ni Jesus, I am God. Which means he has all the authority. That's religiosity. God is doing something in our midst. But religion says, I don't want to see it. I'm, do- I'm so busy with all my works and man-made laws and tradition. But Jesus wants to break that. I'm about to end with this. The reason why this sign was there is this. Because God wants us to rest. It's to make a statement that God is now at work and we can now rest from our works and religiosity and our own effort and start trusting Him, the Lord of the Sabbath. The real intention and plan of God, if you look at Genesis 1 and 2, is that for all of us here to enjoy Him, His love, His presence, His grace, His mercy, His kindness, But there is a problem. The problem is this. Sin came. The original plan was broken. When sin came, the original design and plan for Sabbath was broken. Now there are sickness, death, hopelessness, feeling of being alone, man-made traditions and self-effort. That's the effect of sin. And all of us here, we are experiencing that now. But here's the amazing part. Jesus came here on earth for the purpose of saying to every one of us that God is at work. 
And I'm going to restore the broken Sabbath. I'm going to restore the brokenness of human nature and kind. And I'm not just going to deal it externally in the physical part. I'm going to deal with it even deeper than that in the spiritual part. That's why it says in John 20, John 19 rather, verse 28, it says there, After this, Jesus, knowing that all now all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it on his mouth. And look at this, verse 30. When Jesus had finished, had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. His, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. God is at work. And Jesus came here so that He could work on and deal on with the sin in our hearts. He fought for us at the point of death. And when He said, finally, mission accomplished. Power of sin is broken more than the physical part, but internally, it is This is the reason why Jesus came here on earth. And if I want, I'm going to end with this. Going back here, look at everything that you're going through right now. I don't know where you are right now in your life. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't even know who did that to you. You deserve it or not, I don't know. But what I do know is this. You and I have experienced being hurt. You and I have experienced being in pain. You and I have experienced being an invalid but the good news is this if Jesus is there he's going to turn things around because Jesus is a turnaround God that is the God that we serve that is the God that we worship that's the God that we're singing these songs to he's not a meek but a radioactive kind of guy no he's a God who is able to turn things around in your life from darkness to light from being broken to whole from death to life. Jesus is a turnaround God. Can we bow down our heads and pray? Lord, thank you for everything that you're doing right now, Lord. Even right now, I pray that you would heal us. Heal us. Heal us. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.